When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 5, Episode 6, Chapter, titled No Guts, No Cory. Ooh, No Cory. Um, I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And happy holidays to everybody who's going through those right now. Those dog days of holidays. Those dog days of holidays. Um, do whatever you, whatever you celebrate and happy holidays. Enjoy the, enjoy the, ah, it's crazy out there. I don't know food? what to say. I don't know. Enjoy Not, eating food? I don't know. <laughs> um, Tanya? Yes? How have you been? Um, I've been, but oh, now. How poetic. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to bring poetry to this episode. I, I, I didn't come prepared. I'm the most eloquent, so you should have expected it. But yeah, I've been and we just had Christmas and it was nice. It was exhausting and we got too much stuff, but it was good. Um, we fit way too much in in a one day window. Um, and then we uh, escaped it all with Adventure Time, which is what we've been doing for days. Adventure Time and Stardew Valley. For me, it's just Adventure Time. Yeah. For me, it's Adventure Time and Stardew Valley. That's why I said that. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah, it's great. You, what's your What's the coolest thing you got this Christmas? Oh goodness, um, that's a really hard thing for me to decide because you got me this really amazing memory foam pillow that I love. You don't have to say that just because that was my favorite gift I got you. Um, it was very good, but also your mom got me this apron. It's for gardening. It's called a Rue Apron, and it makes uh, collecting food out of the garden a lot easier. So I'm really, really excited about that. Like Rue from Hunger Games? Yes. Okay. Um, what was your favorite? Um, I think it was my Critical Role book, but it might have been my Critical Role hoodie. Um, I really also liked my Critical Role socks. Um Last year at this time, <laughs> within the past year, uh, Tanya started watching a YouTube channel. Not within the past year. It's been longer than a year now. Mm -hmm. But uh, about a year ago, Tanya watched this YouTube channel. Um, and around a year ago, I started watching a YouTube channel, Critical Role. Um, and uh, at this point last year, we, we were barely into these things. Tanya was a little bit into gardening. She was that. Yes. But... Um, the animal part. Now, f fast forward a year later, and we have eight chickens. We have a pig. Uh, Aubrey got a guinea pig today. Um, we've got our dogs. We've got our dogs. Finley got enough money over Christmas that he is going to buy himself pet birds mm -hmm. because the eight birds in our backyard are not bird enough for him. <laughs> and um, I got... Critical Role socks, jacket, shirt, a book. Uh, so the the point of it and blanket and blanket. The point of the story is, um, we we don't just like ever kind of like something. <laughs> no, never. We're like this this thing that I like is my life now. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've loved gardening for a long time. And the first spring that we moved into our house, I immediately started planting stuff, whatever mm-hmm. I could afford to get my hands on. We luckily have a plant nursery. I mean, if our roads were safe to walk on, it would be within walking distance. So it's a gift and a curse because I spend so much time there in the spring and summer, just like walking through rows of plants. I love them. Um, but it wasn't until like three years ago that I started planting food and just absolutely fell in love with it and started watching as many like farming videos as humanly possible. And so I found Roots and Refuge and it's just like my favorite thing. So my second favorite gift that I got for Christmas is the most random weirdest gift I think I've ever gotten. Um, it's a seed catalog. My mom got me the whole seed catalog from Baker Creek, which is a catalog you have to purchase for like $13. And I would never have bought that for myself. My mom got it for me and I sat and like poured over it for two and a half hours yesterday. So while Alden was pouring over his critical role book. My point is, (laughs) as Tanya was demonstrating, we don't just know how to partially like something. It's impossible for us. Like, if we only kind of like something, we stop watching or listening to it, like, halfway through and just, like, never pick it up again. Uh, But you know what we haven't stopped watching? What's that? Boy Meets World, Season 5, Episode 6, Chapter Titled. No Guts, No Corey. Um, That is what we watched this week, and we're going to talk about it right about... Right after a word from our sponsor. We don't have one. Okay. Uh... Is Fred our sponsor? Blurred me up then. Fred is going crazy. (laughs) Because he looked like he was about to talk into the mic. Mm -hmm. Fred, who's our sponsor today? No? You don't don't have anything? Okay. Anyway. Blur me up. All right. So the blurb for season five, episode six, No Guts, No Corey, is Corey and Topanga play out a love affair in a World War II flashback. I was supposed to have my friend Kalam on the next time we did a flashback episode, and I don't do a very good job of paying attention to what's coming up. So, sorry, Kalam. Um, <laughs> this episode was directed by Three Aliens and Three Trenchcoats, uh, Alan Meyerson, and it was written by Patty Carr and Laura Runnels. Really? Yeah. Hmm. No, no relation. Hmm. Um, they've gone on to do... I, I was trying to figure out who they were, because they, everywhere that I looked, they were like a team. Mm-hmm. They've gone on to do a bunch of stuff together. Like so, what? Oh, I don't know. Nothing I like. Oh. <laughs> they've done a so bunch. So not Critical Role and not Roots and Refuge. Right. No. Uh, they've done a bunch of like reality TV and no stuff No Adventure like that. Time. No Adventure Time. No cartoons at all. Well, then I wouldn't know who they are at all. Right. Um, anyway, Tanya? Yes. Classroom or not? <sighs> not. Where do we start? In the hallway, before the theme song, I thought I had time to take ibuprofen and stuff because I thought, you know, theme song. No, I we mean, start sh- in the hallway. We lit- I always wait to start the episode until everybody, like we're both just sitting everybody. there. Everybody. Everybody. We're both sitting. <laughs> Me, Fred, and you. We're both sitting there, ready to... Take notes. And, well, normally I wait to, to start the episode, but then this week... It's like the first time Tanya has gotten gotten all like snippy about it. And she's like, <laughs> literally the first time she's ever been like, 
just start it. I'm just I'm I'm just getting ibuprofen. I have time. We got the theme song, and I hit play. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't the theme song, and it wasn't the theme song for the first time. Uh, it was just really kind of poetic. The universe likes to remind me that I'm wrong ninety five percent of the time. Yeah. Um, but we're in the hallway, and there's a little black cat sitting on the, like, banister of the stairs or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's Salem, and he's talking about the hallway. Uh-huh. And then we go to the classroom. Hold on. <laughs> they did no explanation about this cat. No. If I'm not a Sabrina the Teenage Witch viewer, mm-hmm. I think Boy Meets World has just introduced a talking cat for the first just time. Just randomly. Just without any explanation at all. I think it's safe to say, though, if you're watching Boy Meets World on TGIF mm-hmm. and you you don't watch Sabrina, and that's fine because it's devil worship to watch a witch show. You're not allowed to watch Sabrina because it's a witch show. And your mom said no. Where are you going with this There's without commercials. talking about your history? There's commercials in between where it shows what's happening in Sabrina. And Salem always talks during the commercials. 99.5% of viewers of this episode knew that and have seen those commercials. There's are <gasps> definitely people who watched this episode, especially now. We have to think of Cassie, who didn't watch... Boy Meets World until she was an adult and right. and she like Sabrina wasn't on with it. I didn't even think about that. Cassie, you did you of... know who Salem was? And all of the children now who are watching Boy Meets World, like on Twitter, you'll see kids uh, talking about it now. Like, oh, I we should watch Boy Meets World. Like people will list the shows that they watch: mm-hmm. Friends, Seinfeld, Boy Meets World. Like. There are these lists of like evergreen shows that everybody watches even now as as children, right? Or as teenagers. Mm-hmm. These none of these lists say Sabrina the Teenage Witch on them. So all of these new teenagers who are introducing themselves to Boy Meets World got to this episode and had no idea what was going on. To be fair, no. Salem is not the wildest thing to happen in this episode. That's true. But it still came out of nowhere. It did come out of nowhere. All right. So, yeah, we go from Salem to... The classroom. The classroom. Where Mr. Feeney is teaching about World when War- America enti- entered World War II. December 7th, 1941. Uh, he talks... He's being very... Um, he's being very... He's trying to be thought-provoking. He's being thought-provoking, but he's also... I can't think. Respectful? Yes. He's being yeah. very respectful about it. He's not mm-hmm. like... And that was the day that the war started, you know? Right. Well, like, I feel like a lot of my history teachers taught it that way. That's because we went to uh, Christian school. Yeah. They love wars. Yeah. I think a lot of of history teachers, though, do. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so he's talking about the World War II um, class ends. They go out in the hallway. They go out in the hallway. Topanga starts talking about like her grandmother and grandfather mm-hmm. and how he proposed to her on December 7th, 1941. And Corey is like, why is that? Why do I know that yeah. day? And Sean comes over and he's like, uh, Pearl Harbor, we just learned about this. And they're just like, oh my gosh, Sean, you listened to Feeney? 
And he walks away, like, grabbing his head like he's got a migraine. He's like, oh, my God, I listened to Feeny. So Corey looks down at his feet, and there's a black cat there, and he just, uh, he goes, oh, hey, little kitty, and picks him up and starts holding him while he's talking to Topanga. That's not weird. I would do the same thing. But uh, they start talking true. about the fact that that living in a time where everything is so uncertain would have been so weird. So now we're going back to the whole 90s where was that weird bubble where things were certain. Mm-hmm. Um, and Topanga's like, yeah, I just could not live without you. Like, you don't have to worry about being drafted. You don't have to worry about going and fighting for the country. Like, I know when I wake up in the morning, like, you're going to be there. What a weird thing to think. What a weird thing to think at 16 years old. Yeah. And Corey goes, yeah, I wonder what it was like to live back then. And Salem's just like, say no more, fam. And then... That's exactly what Salem says. And, uh... Say no more, fam. <laughs> who does his, Salem's voice? It sounds like Maurice LaMarche. Um, it's someone famous. I just don't remember who. I think it's Maurice LaMarche, and I meant to look that up. Well, go look it up. Should I? Yeah. Salem the cat. Oh, that's car cat salem the car <laughs> who voices salem the car huh what okay so um if this confused me when it came up first off salem has a last name didn't know that salem saberhagen <laughs> <laughs> um he is voiced in in this time he was voiced by nick Bakay. but at some point later on I assume the cartoon, I'm not sure, Sabrina's Secret Life is what it's called. Mm -hmm. Maurice LaMarche voices him. So. It all comes full circle. I guess. Whatever. What are we even talking about this episode? Maurice LaMarche. We go back in time. Salem's like, away we go, fam. And. (laughs) And there's, like, they're in the same spot or whatever. And, but their hair is different. Like, Corey's hair is different for the first time ever. It is parted on the side. Mm Mm-hmm. And Topanga's hair is in, like, little victory rolls or whatever. And um, it looks like they just came out of the classroom, just, like, in, like, now time. And Topanga's just like, I am just so glad we don't have to worry about being at war. I don't have to worry about you going off to war. Because the U.S. hasn't entered the war yet. Right. And Corey's just like, yeah, like, living without you would be so hard. And then all of a sudden they're like... There's an announcement. Everybody listen. Mr. Feeney walks out. Wait, was that when Mr. Feeney walks out? No. (laughs) I had a lot of trouble with this part because I could not watch the television. Like, I was trying to write and I could not watch. There was so much happening all at once. So, the war is announced. Like, the fact that America is going to war is announced. And Sean comes running in right after Corey is like, Thank God I don't have to go to war and I can be with you, Topanga. And Sean comes in and is like, come on, Corey, we're enlisting. Let's go. So uh, then we cut to the theme song. Now Tanya has a chance to take a break, take a load off, um, get get her ibuprofen. But at like, that point, I like had a taken, cool teen. taken my ibuprofen and now I was trying to catch up my notes mm. because I felt like in that little five minute blip, it was just like, boom, boom, boom. All this is happening. Sean has a migraine. Now they're enlisting. Like, there's just so much going on. That's how we should do this ep- whole episode. <laughs> Sean has a migraine. Now they're enlisting. Theme song. Kitchen. Ship out tomorrow. Flat feet. Too ticklish. Topanga. Glenn Miller. Big band orchestra. Those are my notes. 
Well, are we skipping forward now? Because you just like... And away we go, fam. <laughs> Shut up. Um, so we're in the kitchen now in 1941. And um, Alan is at the table and he has enlisted. Corey has enlisted. And Amy is just like, if only the war could spare one of my men. And Eric comes in and he's like, they wouldn't take me. Flat feet, too ticklish. And, um... Um... So then, so Corey and Alan are going off to war. Eric can't go off to war. He's got flat feet and he's too ticklish, which I relate to on a very deep level. I have flat feet and I'm too ticklish. Don't you dare tickle me. It's not a funny thing. It's not a funny thing to tickle Tanya. No, it is not. (laughs) It's like I go into, I will punch you in the face. Yeah. And then she's mad like the rest of the day. Like it's not even like a... Ah, uh, it's so cute. She's mad. No, it's it, it's a day ruiner. Yep. Don't tickle her. <laughs> this is a PSA is a from PSA. Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Don't tickle Tanya. Don't tickle my wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shirt. Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Don't tickle my wife. <laughs> so Topanga shows up um, and she comes in the house and she's like, Corey, there's a, what was it? The Glenn, Glenn Miller and a big band orchestra. I don't know why that's one of the things I chose to wrote down. <laughs> I I am having the worst episode. I don't know what is going on with my brain, but it's not working. Class. I don't know what to do, and I'm sorry for the host you're getting this week. Have you tried unplugging and then plugging yourself back in? <laughs> I have. I'm pretty sure... I forgot to plug it back in because it's not running. <laughs> it's dead. Holy shit. So Topanga wants to go see this band and Amy and Alan are just like, oh my gosh, you didn't tell her? Yeah. And Topanga's like, tell me what? Jeepers, what's wrong? <laughs> and so then Corey's like, yeah, I enlisted. I'm going to war. It's the end of the world. And we cut too. Chubbies in 1941 in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Why in Cleveland, Ohio? Is I, that where they were? That's where they were, yeah. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, because I wrote down what? Chubbies. What? But later he says, I'm going to be on the next bus back to Pittsburgh. What do you mean? When does he say that? No, they, he, they say in this whole thing, and there's no reason they had to say this, I don't think. they. Alan and Corey say... Uh, I can't believe we took a bus all the way to Cleveland for this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Huh. Uh, 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 Corey is trying to call Topanga. She's not answering. He's talking. He makes some joke about how, like, I wish there was some sort of answering machine or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, Eric is talking to a girl. He's dancing with her. Mm-hmm. And um, he basically says that he's, like, a secret agent or a spy who's there to protect the liberty bell but he calls it something else and she's like he calls it the philadelphia bell and she goes you mean the liberty bell and he goes i've already said too much (laughs) jack comes in in uniform um they all look so great in their uniforms Mm -hmm. and um (laughs) he obviously has enlisted as well and 
Eric gives him a picture to put over his bed. Well, because Jack says, you know, it's, I just wish you were there with me. It's it's a shame about the whole mental thing. And he's like, you mean the flat feet? And he's like, yeah, uh, the flat feet. <laughs> um, and so he sa- Eric says, well, you can still be with me. Here, take this picture. Put it up over your bunk. Um, it, Corey's really down because Topanga has not shown up to this like going away shindig that they're obviously having for the troops going away. Feeny is there to kind of send them off. And give them homework. And give them homework, like a thousand word essay on their summer in Europe. Um, Amy walks in and she's just like, don't forget to say please and thank you. Just because you're at war doesn't mean you don't have manners. Because America's known for their manners. Yeah. And, um... Alan's like, I'm calling the shots now, so I guess he's some type of commander. And he puts on his hat, and he's like, let's go, everybody. And then Amy shoots him a look, and he's just like, please. And then they all start to line up. And Corey's standing there still waiting, and he's like, I guess Topanga just doesn't love me the way I thought she did. And then she comes running through Cleveland chubbies. (laughs) And says something like, of course I love you, you big lug. And they have a whole sweet, like, goodbye thing. And Corey's like, I'm going to come back. And I want you to marry me. And they... He's down on his knee. He, he proposes. Yeah. Um, and as he's doing that, Eric <laughs> and Alan come running down the stairs with Eric being tickled by Alan. And Alan's just like, I told you to stay off the bus. And Eric's just like, <laughs> um, Yeah. So... So Corey's like walking out and he's like, Topang, you didn't answer me. And she's like, yes, of course, I'll marry you. And then she turns around. She's in Cleveland Chubby's all by herself, mm-hmm. looking very sad because her love is off to war. Off to war. And that's where we cut. We go to the war. Then we're in the foxhole with with all of the people that we know from Boy Meets World. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Eric, because he's too ticklish. Well, Eric's kind of there. We cut to where Jack is talking to another one of the troops and trying to convince him that uh, Eric is not his sweetheart. He's just his roommate. Mm -hmm. But there's a picture just like hanging in the foxhole of Eric. Alan's trying to give out rations and then he gives Corey a salad. He's like, your mother sent you a salad. With the dressing on the side. Yeah, and Corey's like, well, those rations really just tear my stomach up. (laughs) Sean comes over and he asks Corey if he's heard from Topanga and Corey's like, no, they have a whole like sad moment together. And uh, Sean is like, come on, who else? Everybody has stories like these. Who else has a loved one that they left back home? And everybody turns and looks at Jack and he's like, he's he's just my roommate. Um, And then the mailman comes Mm -hmm. because they were bellyaching about the mail not getting there, which I feel that because right now. The mail is rough. <laughs> Let me tell you about the mail. <laughs> um, and the mailman comes and he's like, man, that's Panga. She misses you so much. And Corey's like, you read my letter? And the mailman's like, I got to do something to get myself through this war. And so Corey reads it. It's a whole sweet letter. Topanga was just like, dearest Corey, it's, you know, obviously an old timey letter. Yeah, she can't wait for him to come home so they can get married and have children running through fields and... With a house on the countryside and all that stuff. Um, There's a little bit where, like, he's 
she's reading it to him like in typical TV fashion. Mm-hmm. And Alan goes, "Keep it down, would you? We're all we all got letters to read." Um, so then when it cuts back to her reading the letter, she's like quiet. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I didn't quite get it, but um, so then there's just like a huge explosion. No. What? There's there's no explosion. Oh, is there one now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought we were going to the backyard. My bad. <laughs> I ruined everything. The theme song is going to start. Just hit play. <laughs> uh, so there's a huge explosion. Everybody gets kind of nervous. Corey goes to Sean and he's like, look, I need you to promise me one thing. Um, if we don't, if I don't make it back from this, uh, give her this ring, marry Topanga. And Sean's like, I couldn't do that. I couldn't kiss her. Kissing her would be like kissing you. And Corey's like, I didn't say anything about kissing. I just said marry her. She deserves the best. She's a peach. She's wonderful. And she deserves everything that she wanted. And this is what she wants is to be married and have this life with her kids and her family. And now we cut to the backyard. Now we cut to the backyard where Amy is riveting. She is Amy the Riveter. And Mr. Feeney walks back and goes, Amy, you're riveting. And she goes, well, thanks, George. And he's like, no, you're you're riveting. You're using a riveter. Um, and he's like, why aren't you at the plant with Rosie and all the other people? Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, because they do their work and then they go home and feed their families. I don't want to stop. Like, I'm just going to keep on going. So she was like the first like work from home mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she would have fit in very well in 2020. Yeah. And now we cut to Salem on the phone. Yeah. Salem Talk can't l- get home. Trying to get Sabrina. He's trying to get a hold of Sabrina so he can get home. This is for all the people who didn't know who Salem was so that they could connect the dots to Sabrina, who they probably also don't know who she right. is. Right. If they don't know who Salem is, they don't know who Sabrina is. They didn't explain like, well, we're witches, by the way. <laughs> um, but... Anyway, we go back to the war. Um, uh, Corey is using the harmonica. He's doing a little songy. Song, 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 song. Alan says, you're really missing Topanga. And he's like, well, I don't play a harmonica when I'm happy. And um, and Alan says, like, Topanga loves you so much. Like, everything's going to be fine. You're going to get back to her and live a wonderful life together forever. And... Um, Corey doesn't feel like that's true, but it, it's a heartfelt moment with his dad. And Sean comes over and he's like, look, everything's going to be okay. The war's going to be over soon. And Corey goes, I hope so. But if, if remember our promise, if something happens and he pulls out a ring and he gives it to Sean and he says, this goes to Topanga. And Sean is like, where'd you find that nice ring? And Corey says, I got it in a Cracker Jack box. <laughs> Um, so then all of a sudden Jack runs out holding, uh, the radio and he's like, there's a big announcement. Everybody gather around and listen. And the radio is just like, yeah, you hear you. No, it's just, that's not what they say, but it sounds old timey. He's just like, the war is over. The war is over. The war is over. The war in Europe is over. And this is when Corey's like, let's go. I'm going to be the first one on the bus back to Pennsylvania or Philadelphia. Pittsburgh. You said Some, Pittsburgh earlier. I know. I was wrong. It was <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> but they it wasn't Cleveland. I like it when when now you corrects past you. <laughs> well, I was going to also correct the fact that uh, Corey found the ring a couple scenes ago. Whatever. So, it doesn't matter. It's whatever. I love it when... Current... The, war, the war in the Europe is... O- in the, 
<laughs> the war in the Europe is over. Good news, class. It's not just me. That means the whole episode's fucked, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the war in Europe is <sighs> over. And Cor- so Corey jumps out of the foxhole. He is running home to Topanga. He's going to run across the sea to get to Topanga. And um, everyone's just like... Uh, I think Jack's like, the ceasefire will happen in 24 hours. And Sean's like, no, Corey. And like big explosions happen and like something flies through the air. And it's, Sean, I think it's his dog tags. Oh, yeah. And Sean catches it. Mm-hmm. And now we cut to the backyard. Yep. Backyard. A- Amy's a- riveting. Uh-huh. She's riveting like crazy. And... Um, Alan's like, Amy, why are you doing that? The war is over. You don't need to rivet anymore. And she's like, no, I have to keep riveting because if I stop, the war really is over and Corey's not home, which is super sweet. It's super sweet, super sad. And and it's a very sweet moment. And then Alan goes to open the back door to their house. And he's like, Amy, did you rivet the door shut again? <laughs> which was really funny. So... um Eric comes in, Jack is there, like they come in together and um, I don't remember what happened. It was just a quick little scene. Uh, Sean and Topanga come through the backyard and Topanga's like, have you heard anything from him yet? And they're like, no, not yet. And so then Sean is like, okay, I've been putting this off, but we haven't heard from him, so I have to do this. <laughs> and Topanga, I mean, not Topanga, and Amy says... Um, no, this this can't this Corey will be back at some point. I just know at any point he's gonna walk right through that door. And Alan goes, You nah. won't be able to open it, my darling. <laughs> <laughs> but then Sean is that's when he so gets then down. Sean gets down on one knee and proposes to Topanga. Topanga smacks the shit out of him. And he's like, Oh, I guess I should have led with uh Corey this was Corey's final wish is that if he doesn't make it back, I have to ask you to marry me. And Topanga's just like, oh, in that case, I guess I have to marry you. And then she stands up and is all sad. And and Sean is just like, you're not happy, are you? And she's like, well, you're not Corey. And Amy's like, this just this is ridiculous. Eric, go to Europe and find your brother. So she said, you want to be a hero? Now's your chance. Go to Europe and find him. Bring him back to us. And it cuts to Paris. It cuts. cuts to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, it looks... Like a little cafe, mm-hmm. and there's Corey in a beret and an all black outfit, and because um, that's French, right? Yeah, totally. It's completely French. Um, if I saw that, I'd be like, "That is a French person right there." And um, the waitress or cafe owner, or whatever, comes over to him and is talking to him, and she's just like, "You still don't remember anything?" And he's like, "No." Um, and she's like, how's your painting been going? So they go look at the painting that he's been working on and it's Topanga. When they kiss, they have kissed at this point. Like, yeah, it, it they've clear, like been making out. They're together. It's clear you're, they're together. Her name is Versailles. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, who is this? And he's like, I don't know. She's been haunting my dreams. I wake up in a cold sweat. Like, I don't, I don't know who she is. And, and Versailles says... Maybe that's your one true love. Like, how cool is Versailles? She's, she's just, very cool. She's just like, ah, uh, I think I think your one true love is out there. I, I'll, I love you too, but I want you to be happy. Right. Anyway, 
Um, so, I mean, we're just cutting like crazy right now. Yeah, it's so much. So we're cutting to the wedding day at this point. They're like in a chapel. Topanga's in her white dress. Um, Mr. Feeney is going to pres- preside. <laughs> God in heaven. <laughs> Mr. Feeney is going to basically marry them. And he's like, it's so weird that a teacher would have the credentials to marry people. Um, well, no, that hasn't happened yet. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Fred is, Fred just groaned so loud. I hope it came through on the microphone because I think collectively we're all groaning. <laughs> we're all groaning. Um, I hope us having a terrible episode is funny and not depressing. <laughs> <laughs> um, we cut to the cafe in Paris, which is my favorite scene in the whole episode. Eric and Jack is Mm-hmm. is there with him mm-hmm. and Eric grabs Versailles who walks by and he's like ma'am have you seen have you seen this man and shows him a picture well I mean and and Jack and Eric walk in and they're kind of just talking about other things and um they're like I don't understand Eric says something about like I don't understand why they just keep saying ugly Americans and then he's like snaps his finger at Versailles and is like a regular, please. Or oh, yeah, he said he's, he's just asshole. like a regular. Yeah. And uh, Jack is like, hey, do you remember why we're here? What we're doing? And so then he like makes Versailles come back over. He's like, have you seen this person? But we're And we don't see the picture. We Eric just holds it up in, in her face. And she's like, no, we don't she's get like, a lot of he, ghosts around here. He looks familiar. So you think like mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. She'll say something. And then Jack looks at the picture as she walks away. And he's like, Eric, you've been showing everyone a picture of Corey in his Halloween costume? And Eric is like, yeah, didn't have anything current. Boo, it's scary, huh? <laughs> um, but then a guy in all black and a beret comes in and sits down at the table next to theirs and... And Eric is like, man, we should just get a picture of that guy. He looks a lot like Corey. <laughs> and Jack goes, look closer, you idiot. And Eric runs over and grabs him. He's like, Corey, my long lost brother. I miss you so much. Everybody's waiting for you back home. And Corey's like, I don't know who you are. What is happening? I'm not Corey. I'm Pierre. And then he proposes to Versailles in front of everyone. And, um... And obviously she says yes, and they kiss. Right. So we go back to the wedding now, and and Feeney starts to preside over them. <laughs> and Topanga objects herself. She's mm-hmm. like, I object to this. I can't do this. I feel like Corey's alive. Like, he's the love of my life, and I feel like he's alive. And Amy's like, why do you think I just sent Eric to find him? And then we see Morgan, who hasn't been spoken of this entire episode. She's like, Mom. Did you just hear what you just said? And we cut to Paris, um, where Eric is giving a wedding. <laughs> Eric is officiating, uh, officiating Corey and Topa- I mean Corey and Versailles' wedding, and he's very excited. And he's like, "Who knew that being a brother got you whatever. credentials to officiate a wedding?" Um, and Versailles, like, "Are you sure you're okay with this, Corey?" I mean, Pierre. <laughs> and Pierre is just like, of course I am. Like, this is great. I love you. We're going to get married. And then he like zones off and he's like, yeah, I'm going to have kids on the in the field and a house on the countryside. And she's like, what just happened? Um, And then 
Topanga comes in. She runs in. And she's like, Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I don't know you. And she's like, well, maybe this will help. And she grabs his face and lays a big fat smooch on his lips. And she's like, and he goes. Versailles, what do you got? Yeah, Versailles, what do you got? And Topanga's like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, no way. And he's like, sorry, Topanga. And it's like, yay, he remembered (laughs) everything. And he goes, I told you I'd come back. And she's like, I found you, you big lug. And now we cut to the hallway in Uh, the school. Yeah, so like it just, uh, we're back at the school. We're still in 1941, or maybe it's 1942 at this point, because like we were in December. I know. The war didn't end in 1941. Listen, if even Boy Meets World even even messes up the timeline of real life political events. Also, you go to war, you're not coming back and going back to high school. Why? I would imagine. They I don't think so. Like, at this point, you're a soldier. Like... When you come back, we, they were... I don't know. I guess so. They enlisted. They weren't drafted. Right. Whatever. Anyway. Like, they're, they're soldiers now. Why are they back in high school? You are trying to piece together a Boy Meets World timeline that Salem the cat <laughs> sent them back into... So, obviously, now, Corey and Topanga have not gotten married. Like, I guess they settled into being comfortable with the fact that they aren't going to die every day because the war is over and war is the only thing that kills people. Mm-hmm. So, um, they're in the hallway talking and she's just like, I'm so glad you're back. And he's like, yeah, me too. And, um, like, I guess he's about to propose to her again. Like, he wants to make sure that she knows that it wasn't just like a wartime panic that made him propose. And he goes to propose to her again. He's like, I need to ask you a question. And then, boom, we're back in 1997. Are we in 1997? Are we in 1998 now? I think it's 98 now. Okay, so boom, we're back in 1998. I forget. Um, Yeah, so... Topanga's like, what were you about to ask me, Corey? And he goes, here, I found this cool ring, and it's a whistle if you blow into it. This is the post credit scene, by the way. No. Yeah. No, it's not. I mean, I know what happens next, but this is all post credit. Really? Yeah. Um, so this episode's I, all crazy. Yeah, it's, it's something. Um, so he gives her the alarm or whatever from the Cracker Jack box, and then we go to Salem. Salem has decided he's going to L.A. because all these people in in Philly are too crazy for him. So he goes to L.A. and, and he's, starts eating out of dumpsters. He starts he climbs into a dumpster at the Boy Meets World set. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're breaking the fourth wall now. Mm-hmm. Um, and some guy comes over to throw away his trash. And Salem is like, are you Tim Allen? But it's like some young guy. And I don't know. Yeah, and that, that was that. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. Tanya, how'd you feel about the whole thing? I don't know. There were some really, really enjoyable parts, but it wasn't like last week's episode where it was ridiculous but so funny that it became a good episode for me. Mm-hmm. The good parts of it were so good. And as we all know, Eric has very swiftly become my favorite character, like, 
character. Um, and he does not disappoint in this episode. Jack, he, he and Jack are just fantastic. Um, Alan had some lines that were funny. I just, one, like, they minimize a thing where people died a lot mm-hmm. into, like, a a trope. I guess, I guess it's normal. I guess it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. Normal. I don't know. With the, the climate that we're in right now, it's just like, war is not the only thing that kills people, obviously. Like, the fact that he was talking about, like, the security of knowing that they're going to be around is just, I don't know. It was so bizarre to me. Just so bizarre. Um, but Eric was phenomenal. Like, if I could just, like, clip together his parts. Mm-hmm. And just watch that. It would have been a great episode. His and Jack's parts. Like, yeah. just their whole thing should have just been a story. Yeah. Um, last last weekend, we watched um, an interview with Will Friedel, uh that was delightful. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is genuinely one of my favorite people ever now. And um, he, surprise, surprise, is connected to Critical Role at this point. Um, which is a nice little crossover since we've been <laughs> immersing ourselves in all of those people. But watching this episode after watching that interview just made me love Eric so much more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, that's that's the good that I could find in this episode. It really was so much writing for so little substance. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt about it. How did you feel about this episode? Uh, I thought it was okay. The, the the Eric stuff was hilarious. Um, the Corey stuff, like I understood where the story was going. I, mm-hmm. I don't. It's but it, it super wasn't anything new. I mean, it was very much a lot of sitcoms, especially in the eighties and nineties. There was a lot of oh, what if we were back in the war? Right. There's a lot of romanticizing of mass death like i think that's that's where what i was trying to articulate i think is that it was it's just this constant like oh but we love each other and we're going off to war and like but you know there are a lot of things that we look at in the in the uh the the 90s glasses Mm -hmm. Uh, this is very 90s Mm -hmm. um this was very normal for most shows to have some sort of like, uh, remember the war. Yeah. Um, and maybe part of that is because a lot of the old people in Hollywood at that point had gone through the war. Right. So they thought that this was this like beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that perspective, I can see why that would happen and why the romanticizing of it was there because they were remembering the beautiful parts of their life at that time. So right. that, in that context, is is kind of beautiful. Right. And I think we've, we've all fallen away from that because that generation of people isn't really around anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, that's kind of a morbid way to say it, I guess. But um, so now the people who have lived and gone through war have really like seen some stuff right not that they hadn't seen stuff back then but right i also think it's really 
a lot harder to romanticize something that we are privy to at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, we can see the horrors happening all of the time on all of social media and internet news and, like, everything. It's just constant in our brains all the time. Yeah. Anyway, this is a bummer. Um, The episode was fine. (laughs) Um, I don't think there was really a lot to it. It really was. It was so much writing and... Um, no explanation on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I mean, they really just dropped a talking cat into the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. before the theme song even happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just so weird to me. Like, I just sat there picturing somebody watching this show for the first time and thinking, oh, they this show has a talking cat. Yeah. <laughs> and then next episode they watch again or they go back and they're like, when did they get the talking cat? And then they finally get back to this spot and they realize, oh. Yeah. Anyway, that's how I feel about this episode, I guess. <laughs> this is a very short episode of our show. For what felt like a very long episode of Boy Meets World. Um, yeah, there's really nothing to talk about. Like, it wasn't bad and it wasn't good. It was just like an episode that was there. I think it was good some. And it, it, it was just an entertaining episode to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, not to talk about. Right. And by the way, we're having a real hard time talking. So, <laughs> so we should probably stop talking soon. Yeah. It sounds like we're short circuiting. What do you think has happened in class? <laughs> I feel like I went into this feeling a lot different <laughs> than I feel now that it's over. Um, like I kind of want to find a doctor. And have him look at both of us and say whether or not we're doing okay. Um, I haven't had any solid food today. That might be part of it. Are you just like waxing poetic about how you're feeling right now? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Before the episodes start, Tanya... (laughs) Before the episode started, Tanya did say, if I turn my neck this way... It's pinching a nerve, and I can feel it reverberating down my whole right side. And then she held her neck that way <laughs> and got surprised when her body went crazy. So that's where we're at. And class, neither of us have had alcohol in, in many months. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> no, maybe. Um, Just know that if all of a sudden episodes stop happening... <laughs> You've been warned we're just not doing great right now. Um, We did have four Christmases yesterday. Um, So, we want to know how you feel about this episode, for real, because we don't know how we feel about this episode. So, please get on our Facebook, type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World in the search bar, join our Facebook group. Uh, Don't be put off because you have to click join. It's just, we do get bots here and there, and I'm trying to stave them off. Mm -hmm. And... Tell us what you think about this episode. Yeah. Try to find this week's topic that Tanya may or may, may not have posted. <laughs> I'm going to try. And let us know how you feel. Yeah. Do that. Thanks, Tanya. You're welcome. <laughs> I love having my wife on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Your podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
I was just saying stuff. I don't know if you've heard me tonight, but I saying stuff is not a good thing for me tonight. Um, anyway, you can follow, also find us on Twitter. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at BMGM. <clears throat> at BMGM BMW. You can email us at bmgmbmw at gmail.com. And then, of course, like find us on Facebook. We do have an Instagram, sort of. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't have anything in our house that creates carbon monoxide, which is <laughs> a positive right now because I've, I was thinking about that. I've been thinking that for like a month, but we don't have any. No, it's just been tonight. It feels like a month. Um, <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 5, Episode 6. Class dismissed.